0: This is the Shift Podcast. We look at why gas prices are soaring to record highs in Canada. Canadians for Affordable Energy expert Dan McTagg joins us and he highlights the potential impacts of Line 5 shutdown, why coal is so an important part of energy, and how Canadians can get more upbeat about Canada's future with some ideas if things would only change. Blaine Kylo joins us. Far Cry 6, this year's biggest game, is here officially for you, and Blainer gives us his review and also digs into diablo 2 resurrected and the last character for super smash brothers a little bit more old school video game for guys like me who like the more simple video games plus are you okay with getting gas this is the shift podcast are you okay is a time where we get in the program with some stories and we want to know are you okay with are you okaying these stories 877-399-9898. 877-399-9898. Are you okay with getting gas?
1: I uh, I do not own a car. However, I think it's kind of neat. It's kind of fun. Uh, but having to do it in the cold or all the time, eh. I like when you go to the service stations and the people are really friendly and they just do it for you. Not, I'm not saying that because I'm lazy. It's just usually there's like a nice conversation to be had there fill the her up person.
0: regular yeah I, I mean i did that what's your got your card that's it that's the conversation
1: yeah yeah hey, nice like you're,
0: yeah and the co-op is the only place in the world that does that anymore, <laughs> still by does the way, still does
1: that <laughs> i know yeah. i like that
2: yeah i, I uh, filled up cars can you believe it or not, back in oh, the day. Oh, was that a job the, list? Yeah, at the old Shell oh, yeah. Station in St. Catharines. had that and, uh, list. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, I
2: didn't which have... Cell
0: st- which Shell Station in St. Catharines ah, You know what, it?
2: I don't know if it still It Actually, it was uh, over by uh, the Lock 2 area across from that plaza. Um,
0: no. Yeah. Lock 2? Yeah. Which, um, hang on, I'm going to look this up here.
2: Yeah, it was near where I believe you said you resided.
0: Yeah, I lived there. That's... um. Um, I gotta look it up because I don't. It's been so long.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't I, think of the road names. I've been away so long, I cannot think of the intersection it's at.
0: Well, since we're gonna talk about it and we broadcast there, we might as well get all this right. Hey. Yeah, I think it's gonna Carlton right.
2: Carlton Street because that's the one that goes over Lock 2. So it's Carlton and whatever the cross street is.
0: Is it Carlton that goes over Lock 2? Yeah. Yes, it is Carlton, and then Carlton oh, the Fit for Less. Here we go. I gotta go to the the map view. Uh, yeah, that's a fitness place there across the street. There was a Tim Hortons. There was a gas station. It's mm-hmm. still a Shell. I don't think it was a Shell when I was there. How long did you go mm. work at that? Because there used to be a different one close by, and that was the first place that they asked for coins to fill my tires. Yeah, no, two thousand five ish.
2: Yeah, it was a Shell. That's
0: you. Literally worked at the Shell station like a block away from my house. I lived on the other side of that strip mall. Mm-hmm.
2: Did you ever like get, my house
0: was right there?
2: You ever get filled up at that station? Maybe I filled you up.
0: Wouldn't that be crazy?
2: <laughs> I filled you up and then went to your My Cottage gig that night. Yeah.
0: Wow. Hey, in Porta how hello yeah. party. That would wow. be
1: weird. Um, I feel yeah. Out and I'm i okay with that, with this particular conversation. I must, yeah, it's I a little out of
0: context if you're just tuning in. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but there's, there's like a funeral chapel right next her. There was a Tim Hortons right oh, yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Huh. And that mall. Bunting Road. It was Bunting, Bunting and Carlton. Bunting
2: Road. Yeah, that's it.
0: There it is. All right, for everyone else all around the country, that's a little uh, little touch of St. Catharines, Ontario for you, the Garden City. It is absolutely beautiful, and I recommend that you visit. And go see Brennan's family. It's ours. Right. I can't believe you work there. That's cool. Okay. Huh. All right, um, it's getting more and more expensive to uh, fill up at the pump. Across Canada, several provinces are breaking price records. The price of diesels up by 20 cents a liter here, where I live in Calgary. But when we compare it to the situation in England, we have a pretty easy... The UK is dealing with a critical shortage of gas. Brexit, truck driver shortages, it's all a mess, and the Brits are trying to clean it up. It's impacting day-to-day life in a big way. Depending on your mode of transportation, though, it is a little bit easier to get around some places in the world than others. Here is a British man on a horse outside a petrol station. Queuing for petrol. Queuing for petrol.
1: Queuing for petrol. But I'm on a horse i'm on a horse i'm on a horse i don't need petrol because he runs on carrots he runs on carrots he runs on carrots i don't need petrol because i'm on a horse
2: oh
1: wow he just screamed that (laughs) a horse (laughs) i want a horse yeah he was just screaming that at people waiting in line and when i say people waiting in line there's like a line of 15 cars it was ridiculous. Hmm.
0: Well, can I share a little story about how much it costs to own a horse? <laughs> it's a lot cheaper to own a car
3: than I it is to own it. a
0: horse. Unless you have a farm and they are, um, you know, just grass fed in the backyard. You know what I mean? Still taking care of their feet and all of the other medical things. It's cheaper to have the car. The story gets better. According to the mirror, a group of friends in the UK were desperate for a pint and the pub. One problem, the car wasn't running. It was low on gas. So they took a five mile per hour steam train, kind of like a, it's more like a steam car, but it was functioned like a steam train. A group of 30 drinkers then drove down main roads with cars crawling behind them. Remember five mile an hour all the way to the local pub by steam car. Or excuse me, by car it would take ten minutes. By steam train, over an hour. They did make no. it to the pub in time for a pint, and they left with a fantastic story. Can you describe what that looked like, Ryan? It,
1: it literally looks like a steam engine train with giant wheels strapped to it. And apparently, like the the family, they do this. They they work on steam engines and stuff like that, and create these in their sheds. And, and and they just had one, and it worked. And uh, the the TikToks of it are spectacular because it just looks like these guys on a giant tractor (laughs) holding up traffic, and they're just there to get a paint.
0: Oh, that's nice. That's really kind of cool. How can you be upset at a guy who's singing a song when he's on his hose?
1: Yeah, I can't. I just why was he on his hose? in public by a train <laughs> by a petrol station though that's i'm, I'm just wondering where because it, it looked like a busy street it was it was bizarre but it's england man
0: anything goes when there you're on a hose brendan kelly you ever been a horse farrier or uh anything uh, like that in your yeah career? i did i
2: worked on a horse farm cleaning up the the, the waste
0: <laughs> really like you're mucking out stalls and stuff? yeah it's
2: gnarly they stink oh. man I know they don't smell. Yeah, like I worked with Frank, who was—he uh, was a horse a lot like me. Actually, he was very, curmudgeon-y.
0: <laughs> where was this horse farm that you worked at? Which part uh, of the country? Niagara on the Lake. Niagara on the Lake. Look at that! Just right close to uh, Bunting and Carlton. Yeah, just well. over the bridge. Uh, another beautiful place where you should go visit. In fact, it's quite nice. Mm. Great place to walk around. Are you okay? Are you okay with art? I prefer Arthur.
1: Uh I like art. I went to the when I went to the Vancouver Art Gallery, it was the first time I had actually like taken time out of my day to go look at art in ages. It was great. It was awesome. It's uh I don't know, it's cool. Art it can be whatever. There's some weird stuff in there. There was some cool stuff in there. There was a picture of a, a man smiling with a giant sign that just said Stan over it. I guess that's art. It was neat.
2: Really, I mean anything is art. Art is just expression, so I don't don't even know if we can judge art.
0: I don't think we should be able to. to. uh, You're supposed to experience art, yeah. Not judge art, yeah. You're supposed to look at it and feel your feelings, man. Yeah, right. All right. (laughs) Well, it's particularly subjective. We know that. Um, they're, um, they're ar. Hmm. Hmm. They their art. Those there aren't there are art there are art there are that's a typo okay there are those that appreciate a renaissance classic like Van Gogh as Ryan would probably say Van Gogh a golf a Picasso a Pollock or something very modern a Dutch painter may have just completed the most modern piece of art modern art yet here's a summary from KOTV six.
3: Okay, see what you think. A Danish art museum lent the artist $84,000 to complete new pieces of artwork. What they got? Blank canvases. The artist calls his new work, take the money and run. <laughs> he says it's a commentary on the dispute between museums and artists over labor, contractual obligations, and the value of work, all fitting themes for the current exhibition. Oh. I call it creative. Creative.
0: Take the money and run. According to the arts press release, the idea behind the show was to show how salaries can be used to measure the value of work and to show national differences within the European Union. But by changing the title of the work to take the money and run, Hanning questions, the artist's rights and their working conditions in order to establish more equitable norms within the art industry. (laughs) That was
1: the exact statement, which was the most like, artsy statement i like you almost have to read it questions the artist's rights and their working conditions in order to establish more of a equitable norm within the art industry that's how i imagine it yeah thank you but get the bongos out
0: uh museum director lass anderson Said it while yeah. it wasn't It wasn't what they had agreed on in the contract. The museum got new and interesting art. When it comes to the amount of $84,000, he hasn't broke any contract yet. As the initial contract says, we will have the money back on January 16th, 2022. Hmm. Vox to look, took a look at the minimalist style a few years ago.
4: White isn't really... pure thing. White is always tinted in some way. Paint is made up of a variety of pigments. If you've ever painted the walls of your house, you know how many different whites there are to choose from. And maybe if you only look at one, it looks like pure white. But when you hold them up in an array, you can see the subtle differences. It's blue, it's green, it's purple, it's warm, it's cold.
5: And when you get close, not too close, there's a lot going on here. Lines, texture, patterns, even color. There are a lot of subtle intricacies that make it more than just a white canvas. Minimalist artists wanted their work to embody order, simplicity, and harmony.
3: These artists began with these
4: ideas as a rejection of abstract expressionism.
5: Abstract expressionism was a movement of artists in the 1940s and 50s who thought that art should be gestural, expressive, and emotional, evoking the unconscious mind through movement and color. Oh, I like that.
0: Hey! (laughs) (laughs) It's <laughs> weird. It's
2: evoking the unconscious mind.
0: Okay, look. Whoa. They offered this guy $84,000. He called it take the money and run. He gave them blank canvases. Can we just acknowledge the fact that it's genius? And It's absolutely somebody. Genius. Somebody probably should have reviewed that contract. I feel like there's some contract person who's looking at this trying to come up with like, well, I'm going to try to have to spin this one and try to bring people in to look at our blank canvases that we just paid 84 grand for. My goodness, think... the text comes in. It's from Derek. It says, I once saw a painting that was made with horse poop. So there you go, tying our yeah. tutorial oh, case together. Oh, no, that would stink. Nice. That would be
1: bad. You know, there's one of the first, like, kind of modern pieces of art was at the London Art Museum. They were having an expo where anybody could... Uh, submit anything to the museum as art and there was a dude who just ripped a urinal off the wall of a of a restaurant and submitted that and it is still in that museum it is a urinal as they call it flipped upside down with his name signed on it like you know art is art man i love it <sighs>
0: this beauty is in the eye of the beholder question mark nice good way of putting it are you okay are you okay with putting on weight over the winter oh I love eggnog
1: oh I love uh, not n- not leaving
0: my house and just eating junk food spiced rum and eggnog oh man filling diabetic induced coma of drunken hangovers it's so beautiful wow. yeah no. Oh, no no I'm it's not art almost
2: I'm not I'm not okay with uh, that and you're anyway. gonna keep
0: her thin you're gonna keep your uh, yeah. running body
2: yeah, I uh again being the contrarian that I am, I have thinned down during the pandemic as everyone else has done the opposite. Yeah, I thinned down quite a pals, bit man. being at home by myself.
0: You uh you're a runner though. You mm-hmm. like to run. That's... I do that. Yeah. Yeah. I I
2: I do a lot of the, like YouTube tutorials and strength stuff. I don't really? know why I don't actually do anything that requires any of that like to yeah. be strong but
0: you know all right uh, tomorrow night on the shift uh, exercise lessons with brendan kelly we'll get oh, into it sweet. uh if there's a time of the year that leads to weight gain it's always the holidays cold weather keeps us inside we all get toasty with our hot chocolate candy chips uh kanye west crocs and other tasty treats for us humans we really don't need all that extra fat but bears do Weird segue. Bears need the extra stuff for hibernation. They can lose up to a third of their body mass during their long nap. It's safe to say that we don't fat shame bears, and that's why a national park in Alaska has a week dedicated to celebrating chunky bears. Oh, chunky monkey bear. Here's more from Fox 13.
3: Big fat bears, because we have a winner, right, April? Yeah, he's a big boy. All hail, Otis. And he actually knows how to get fat because he's a three time winner of this competition. This year, the Katmai National Park and Preserve in southwest Alaska says 480 Otis, 480 pounds that is, and he beat out 151 Walker, and he weighed more than 1,000 pounds. So take a look at his before and after here. <laughs> How's that look?
0: And he's proud of it.
3: I know. He looks so emaciated up top. And then, uh, yeah, he's a, a little fuzzy, chunky guy there. 12 bears were in the running in this online competition, though. But the park says 480 Otis was still chowing down after he was crowned the winner, of course. He's around 25 years old and is missing some teeth. But he goes into hibernation ready to live off his fat stores and that newly acclaimed fame.
0: That's fun, don't you love that? This park celebrated Otis the Bears' fun. win with this spectacular tweet. The portly portriarch of Paunch persevered to polarise the Baron of Bear Dunkadunk. Well done! <laughs> oh, Please tweet of the you, year,
5: <laughs>
0: Who doesn't love a little yeah. bear booty, right?
3: Crazy.
0: miss new booty way to go otis uh, wildlife fans submitted votes in a playoff style competition featuring photographs and video of the bears feasting at a waterfall site in salmon Ridge brooks river explore.org's bear camp captured live footage of the bear action at brooks falls i feel like we should probably say don't chase bears and take pictures of them first documented at the falls in 2001 otis was the inaugural fat bear champion Winning in 2014 when the event was held on a single day, he also took home the 2016 and 2017 titles. The Cat Conservancy has named a fundraising project after him. Last year, the Otis Fun the Otis fundraised more than two hundred thirty thousand dollars for cat research, education, and bear protection projects. Well done, Otis.
1: This is the Shift Podcast.
0: It's time for us to check in with Dan McTagg. Canadians for affordable energy is the organization. He's the prez and um, uh, Dan's former liberal MP. We've had him on for political insight. It's time for us to talk about energy specifically reason why here's the uh, quote from the article, coal powered power plants in India in crisis mode with three days available inventory, China in the same place, Three days, and the power goes out. Dan, uh, thanks for being here. What's going on with coal? We don't have enough.
4: We don't have enough, and it's still the uh, the most uh, efficient form of energy in the world. It has the greatest amount of uh, energy, considering its density, than anything that's out there. Um, having said that, the reality is that uh, demand is exceeding supply, and more importantly, geopolitics is playing a huge role in this. China isn't just able to get its own coal by mining its uh, its own country. And of course, the damage, the environmental impacts, as well as uh, labor uh, concerns, it uh, receives it from a host of other countries, including, dare I say, Canada, but Australia. It's gotten to a spat with Australia. It's gotten a spat with South Korea. Uh, China has really painted itself into a corner such that uh, unless it's able to find resources quickly and drive up the prices to acquire those, um, it's likely to see further escalation of disruptions not just in terms of productivity on the industrial side which it's renowned for but also uh, on the consumer side on uh, residential domestic uh, fuel needs uh, electricity in particular uh, so you know uh, we, we speak of China and India as, uh, as two parallel countries but you know from my days in foreign affairs uh, India is very much the next China. Uh, its population continues to grow. Uh, that means, uh, unlike China, which in the next 10 or 15 years will start to see the decline as a result of its uh, you know, one-child policies going back 20, 30, 40 years, um, there is uh, every expectation that the issue of coal really is a metaphor of what uh, what these two countries are struggling for and what they're searching for a commodity that for which neither can uh, can hope to uh, continue to you know to supply their own domestic needs much less supply the rest of the world with the widgets that so many of us depend on
0: 30 years ago when we look back in time 40 years ago you know canada used to sell co-cash to yeah. uh, china to burn which was nasty like it was nasty stuff um before you burned it let alone after you burned it now, that's a good example of how the world has moved on and moved ahead and cleaned itself up an awful lot. Do those sort of old methods start to come back into play because it's faster, cheaper and easier versus moving into natural gas, for example, which is a little bit less efficient. Delivery is easier, but it is um, it is substantially cleaner.
4: And more expensive um, and requires a lot more in the way of intricate work to process uh, much less deliver LNG isn't an easy thing to do and countries uh, from uh, Oman to uh, you know to United States uh, to varying degrees have increased their amount of LNG exports uh, but China's demands are exceedingly greater than any uh, of those uh, options. Uh, many of those countries have other clients as well uh, but uh, you know for for a country like China, uh does it go backwards uh does it regress uh does it even meet its climate obligations let's let's not kid ourselves this is a country that uh, got a freebie uh at the uh 2015 climate paris climate agreement where canada signed on uh foolishly i should add it had already done the things of making the conversion from coal plants to uh to natural gas but got no credit for it but that aside China gets a pass right until 2030, so it can do whatever it wants. It can talk a big deal about how it's eliminating the production, the building of new coal plants in other nations, but that's not stopping them from domesticating or bringing home uh, the increase in, uh, in, in uh, coal plants. I'm sorry about that. Oh, Lola. No. Um, was it no, Lola? No, that's not Lola. This is uh, Merlin. Oh, Merlin, uh, so, you know, how many dogs sea, do you I, have there, I, We have two. This is uh, this is my daughter-in-law's uh, oh. uh, dog. So <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> for me, I'm still stuck here with uh, with some dogs who are working from quite home.
0: Now. That's what life is, man. Working from home.
4: But yeah, I mean, on the coal side, it, 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 this is a very serious problem, and it's the main reason why natural gas prices are, are moving up. And it does have a lot to do with the fact that uh, those who have been investing in, and i am here I'm talking about democratic nations that are not state-run organizations, those mm-hmm. countries uh, that are involved with producing uh, natural gas are finding it less and less viable in terms of getting the financing to do the things that they've been doing for years.
0: Yeah. What happens when the lights go out, Dan? Because that's what we're talking about. I mean, you're talking about these power plants not having enough uh, fuel to burn the fire to create the electricity. Um, we often don't think of that in our world today of, you know, cell phones and computers and Zoom calls for interviews about yeah. radio shows. That we don't think about what happens when the lights go out and um, should be something that we consider more seriously in all aspects of our um, you know our day-to-day lives, we should watch this closely.
4: Well, we should because those who are suggesting that somehow we can make this great transition in which we're going to need 30 to 40 times the amount of infrastructure in order to meet the 2050 goals of you know 80% electrification, uh, the so-called decarbonization advocates. I mean, this is dreaming technicolor. If you can't do it right now when there's been a, a decrease in demand, now followed up by a spike in demand and supply is simply not there, I don't see how you're going to be able to make that you know, transition anytime soon, given the available technology. So I think this is very, you know, it's going to be painful uh, because I, I think we're just at the beginning of an energy crisis. Um, much of it uh, un, unforeseen, unplanned, but perhaps a lot of it predictable, especially when we decided, like the UK, to put all our eggs in one basket and turn uh, coal plants, nuclear plants, uh, aging nuclear plants and, of course, Issue uh, natural gas plants in favor of windmills and, uh, and, and solar energy without effective backup. So, um, you know, the brave new world of those who want to say this is where we are going, the so-called aspirational goals uh, are going to uh, be left, I think, in tatters uh, because I think realistically we can't even manage what we're doing today. How are we going to make a transition that they say we desperately need to do without affecting compromising uh, the, uh, the the standard the quality of life of most people. I mean, the human condition has been improved through hydrocarbons, like it or not. Um, yeah, and and while there are you know concerns in terms of how they are managed, uh, we seem to be accelerating in t- towards this idea that we can do without fossil fuels altogether, which of course is uh, is is just not plausible. And. Uh, uh, the effect of which we're now starting to see in real in real terms with countries around the world experiencing shortages something we haven't yeah. seen certainly in the past three years why
0: well, there was a great tweet that was sent out today um, that, that it said um, everyone who likes to ride bikes to school needs to remember that their tires um, the materials in the bicycle the carbon fiber those are oil products the rubber like the roads the asphalt uh, they're probably rain wicking nylon, like all of these things. Not to be forgotten, are integral parts of these people's lives, but we we forget that they're so important. Um, in in general, I'm going to ask you about getting a solution, but I, I'm going to wait on that and switch gears, uh, Dan, into Enbridge Line Five. Enbridge Line Five, for those who don't know, that is a pipe that runs from Canada to the states, takes a shortcut back to Sarnia, and um, it was a deal that was made between the two countries. It's old has never leaked under the water. It has leaked before, but never under the water. And the governor in Michigan, I believe, is the one who said that as part of a campaign thing was going to shut it down. Now, ironically, I do believe state uh, politics can't do that. But the US government hasn't really stepped into it. And if line five shuts down, what's the impact on Canada? Yeah.
4: Well, the effect would be the loss of 600,000 barrels of oil from Western Canada, making its way to uh, to central Canada. Uh, that would be the first and foremost problem. Uh, it would mean a drop in production, which would affect uh, producing provinces, Alberta to a lesser extent, uh, Saskatchewan. Um, there's also NGL, uh, natural gas liquids, which are the basis for which you produce propane. Now those two items, oil and uh, propane, used in Sarnia, uh, processed in Sarnia, not just for transportation fuels, but also for chemical uh, uses, uh, higher uh, ethanes, pentanes, uh, polystyrenes, uh, you know, all the things that you need in a modern industrial society for which uh, Ontario's economy is, is significantly dependent. And uh, even propane, which everyone thinks, oh, well, i will just use it for you know, for, for recreational reasons. No, you use propane in a number of processes uh, to to create uh, plastics, but you also use it, uh, for instance, in industrial purposes, tow motors that are used in warehouses. So all of these things would suddenly uh, be dramatically impacted, and I think the effect would be, for Eastern, Central Canada, catastrophic. It would mean virtually the elimination of half of our fuel needs, the likes of which could not be replicated by you know, trains pulling these things halfway across the the continent. Not that you could, given the amount of trains that are repurposed already for the North-South, given uh, the Biden administration's desire not to increase uh, or approve the Keystone XL, which, of course, is desperately needed in the United States. By the way, I think it's lost on some people. The Western Canadian Select, which is the Canadian benchmark of all our crudes, is trading now $3 above WTI, I, it, that hasn't happened in probably twelve years, uh, at least seven. But I'm, I can remember a time in around uh, two thousand and eight where it was. What it, line five's closure um, would really uh, be the death knell of the uh, of the Ontario Quebec economies. This is literally the uh, proverbial aortic artery of uh, of the central Canadian economy, like it or not. Okay, so
0: how do we do it? What do we need to do? I mean, because
3: well,
0: oh, let me create yeah. a let me create a baseline then, Dad. Okay, so hypothetically, this line five is old, and it has been proposed that they create a duplicate, updated version of it underground, yeah. protected, um, and a backup line to eventually be able to decommission the old line, which is probably cautious because. You know, it's one of those things where industry or government's going to use it as pay pay dirt until they have to shut it down, and they're not going to shut it down as an option. So let's assume that all of those things, it would be best case scenario that there is a new solution at play for protecting the water, protecting the people, protecting the industry. What's the solution that we have to have?
4: Well, I think the solution is the company's uh, willingness, as you pointed out, to, uh, create a tunnel well under the uh, well under the Strait of Mackinac um, so there's absolutely no doubt and no possibility of a leak into the upper peninsula of Michigan uh, and the those pristine straits um, I think that's pretty clear it's already received approval to do that but it would appear that the uh not so much the governor as much as her uh, her attorney general um, Dana Nessel, has been on this file since the days of the so-called Kalamazoo disaster where you saw Enbridge uh, had a leaky pipe that affected and poisoned uh, the uh, the Kalamazoo River. Michiganians have not forgotten about that. But at the same time, I think the longer-term solution is that Canadians should have a pipeline going from east to west, um, and we have that existing, by the way. We know the main line owned by TC Energy, TransCanada Pipelines, um, TransCanada Energy has uh, continues to provide a significant amount of natural gas, that was to be the Energy East pipeline. If I were Prime Minister tomorrow, without worrying about Quebec, I would simply say have the pipeline repurposed to an oil pipeline, delivering oil because it's an existing pipeline uh, all the way down to Sarnia and to other places where it's needed. Uh, if Quebec doesn't want it, that's fine. But, uh, you know, it could always be railed or other means of getting it to other markets. That, to me, would be the longer term. But I have not heard any of the Trudeau Liberals even talk about that. They're going to put and they're, you know, really hanging their hat on a treaty from 1977. Uh, my experience in foreign affairs uh, and history of for foreign affairs, be you know, is that treaties are written at a, in, a, in a context and a time and while canada may try to exercise it in order to say michigan get out of the way this is between you know the interests of two countries and we're exercising that right the united states may be able to turn around and say that you know that was 1977 bucko this is you know 40 that's 45 years ago you're asking us to hang our hat on a treaty that 1977 would look like something from the ni- early 1930s times have changed move on especially given you liberals and your government and your parliamentarians all want. Uh, less uh, of a fossil fuel intense uh, future. Therefore, look after yourselves. And I think that's where the federal federal government has completely failed. It it should have had a backup plan. Uh, And the plan should be the uh, resurrection, at least, of Energy East to Ontario. So we bypass the Americans altogether. They don't want our oil? Fine. But someone else will.
0: It seems so crazy to me. Um, that we rely on these other countries. Like in every conversation that you and I have personally, Dan, we always get into these, there's always this intermediary, right? That seems to always step into it. We can't do anything on our own and it drives me nuts. Um, price of gasoline is probably the most consumer-friendly way or heating bills to look at that people connect with these prices. I know that you're talking about Eastern Canada prices being higher than ever. If if the Enbridge Line 5 does get shut down, is it even possible to forecast how much some of these things are going to cost?
4: No. No, because uh, you know if $79 a barrel of oil can give you record prices in Toronto of $1.45 uh, as a Thursday, which is it's going to be, then removing 50% or more of that oil supply or making it more difficult to uh, rework your infrastructure uh, and uh, uh, have to really backwork your logistics would mean you know an extra 50, 60 cents a liter if you could find it. I think the biggest uh, problem for Ontario gas stations and motorists will be trying to contend with the yellow tape around most gas pumps because there there won't be much fuel left. And of course much of it will be purposed for strategic reasons, not for you know leisure taking your car out on a Sunday afternoon type thing. Um, but there are other effects as well, and that's that it would impinge on other forms of energy. So if you don't have propane, you don't have uh, enough oil, then you're going to have to bring it in by other means or you're going to have to re, you know, turn over to natural gas. All other prices are going up. Look, uh, the world needs more oil right now. And the fact that something like this is happening at a time in which uh, we've gone from $40 to $80 oil in the span of several months and we could very well go to $120 a barrel uh, proves a couple of things. One, it, we tested this idea of the Great Reset far too early. We're not at the point where we can make that transition. It's going to take time. Second point is that we can't, for a moment, assume that uh, our friends to the south uh, have an interest uh, in, um, you know, in uh, being beggar thy neighboring, allowing us to use their territory to get our oil from one region of the country to the other. So, either we don't have an oil industry, we don't use oil, we don't have to use fossil fuels. Uh, but the last thing we should be doing is worrying about other countries when it comes to you know our uh, disposition of our own uh, of our own needs. And I, Canada's got to learn to be self-sufficient. I think that's an issue that uh, China is driving home for the rest of us. Our reliance on them uh, has significant political costs. Uh, and uh, could destabilize the world in the same way that we can't rely on the Americans. The Americans want to slap us in the face, as Joe Biden did, whether you like it or not, with the Keystone XL on his first day in office. Uh, And now, you know, hum and ha about what Gretchen is doing. He's not a fool. He knows exactly what's going on. And even though this would hurt the Americans, if that's the way they want to go, that's up to them. But I, I think Canada has to be more wise in terms of its approach and find new markets for our products, especially oil and gas, because that industry, more than any other industry, delivers $25 billion in net revenues to all levels of government to pay for our social programs to support our standard of living. There is no other industry or sector that does that. And so uh Canadians have a choice to make. And I think the good news, these high prices and the threat of uh disruption uh, should drive home to Canadians uh, a time to get real and put aside their green uh, wants and aspirations and start dealing with what's right in front of them and what's confronting the country.
0: The irony to me is that most people want the same thing, right? Like we want to be able to take care of the world. We need to be able to take care of the oceans. We need to be able to take care of these things. Everybody wants those things. Uh, the question is, is I guess the agendas behind getting there. That's complicated.
4: Well, what if you're doing these things, but no one's taking notice? I mean, this country is is, is twisting itself into a pretzel. We have the cleanest energy. I'm not saying it because I like the industry. Hell, I did more as an MP to take on the oil industry than any MP uh, in my time, probably since then. Uh, My intention was never to kill the industry. It was to get it to behave and be more competitive. So I spent years on the Competition Act. But there have been significant strides taken in how we manage our resources. And we are a clean country. And I think it's really high time for people of my generation to be responsible, rather than giving in, and to say to people, "We've done a damn good job, and no, we have not created a situation where we've we've despoiled your future. We've created a better future than any previous generation to us." So I think Canadians have this this you know this idea that somehow they should uh, you know they should slag themselves, and they shouldn't, because the reality here is that when it comes to energy. We've done it right and we've been doing it for generations, uh, whether it's nuclear, whether it's fossil fuels like natural gas, whether it's oil, uh, whether it's extraction through SAGD technologies, all of these things came as a result of our willingness to take and, and be the best in the world of what we're doing. And it's technologies that the rest of the world wants. So, you know, if if the only people who are going to beat up Canadians are in fact Canadians, uh, then we're it's self-defeating, isn't it?
0: Well, it is self-sabotage. You talk about SAG-D. I encourage people to Google SAG-D mine versus an open pit mine. Uh, SAG-D mine is basically steam injection. That's a very simplistic way to look at it, but it basically injects steam into the pockets of oil and then sucks the oil out like a vacuum. It's kind of like a steam cleaner for your car, actually, when you get your car cleaned. It's very similar. Uh, That is a very simplistic view, but the images that get sent around the world about open pit mining um, are old. And while that does still occur... If you look at what happens in these sagd things, it's very, very different, and it's worth looking at. I've never had. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead.
4: Yeah, I was just going to say, we'll have a look at the lithium mines around the world, in Mongolia, yeah. uh, and uh, yeah, that's what you want because those are the open pit mines that these folks don't want to talk about. Nevertheless, it's not about image. It's uh, it's also about just understanding that we've got to do everything we do has to be done right, and I think uh, we can all agree on the fact that we can always do a better job but for God's sakes let's stop beating ourselves up and smarten the heck up because we're doing a lot of damage to this next generation with the loss of our, uh, of our economic uh, engines.
0: You know, it's funny. I, um, a Dan and Shane moment. I, um, I've never had a friend that I wished was more wrong <laughs> than you, because <laughs> we, we talk about these high record high prices that are coming, right? Like you talk about all these things yeah. that are going on and, um, and I, I, always really hope I always hope for everybody's success right that's my big thing for me is that all the people I surround myself with I want everyone to be successful but when you talk about these things it's the only time that I go god I hope he's wrong um because normally with everybody I'm like I want to see people succeed and um and it's just one of those things where let's let's hope that um that we've got it wrong but I don't think we do and we need to pay close attention to the things that are happening I mean the evidence will be there When was the last time you checked your power bill? When was the last time you checked your gas bill, actually looked at it and tracked it? I think that as Canadians, we can look at that. My numbers are up all over the place. I mean, I've got a diesel uh, uh, SUV and it's because of the demand right now. It's a great time to sell it. I'll probably make a bunch of money on it, but I don't want to sell it because the disparity on fuel for my car is so great.
4: Yeah. Oh, I know. Look, uh, every one of us has to take some time to look at, uh, uh, you know, balance uh, our priorities with uh, our costs and our benefits and doing the things we're doing. I don't know, I, I maybe it's just the old fashioned part in me, but the the sense that I get from, I wouldn't call people bored, but uh, we really haven't had too much of a problem in this country in a long time. And by that I mean, when I was an MP from 93 to about 97, 98, We had a massive debt in this country that we couldn't control. Inflation was up there. It had been the problem ongoing since the early 1980s. All of these things seem to have resolved themselves. Employment is very strong, has been strong. We have a good social safety net. Um, uh, People are living longer, healthier lives. And in the midst of doing as well as we have, by comparison, you would swear that the narrative in this country is really one of you know, things have never been worse. We're, you know, we're, we're, we're killing life. It's going to come to an end in 10 years. um You know, it's, it's that kind of uh, negativity. I think that uh, is leading a lot of Canadians to really feel really less upbeat about uh, the the outlook of this country. And I think that's for anybody. That's a that's a that's a, a very important thing to consider. We've been through an election. I think it showed divisions in this country. Uh, but those divisions, I think, can be overcome. Uh, we need a leader. We need someone who can, uh, who can fight and speak for Canada because we haven't had one in a long time.
0: Grandpa Dan says, you're doing a good job, kid. <laughs> that's, what they're, so that's what Grandpa Dan saying right now. <laughs> yeah. Canada, yeah, you're here. doing a good job, kid. <laughs> hey, It's true, though. we got to remember that. It's all the doom and gloom, all the BS stuff, all the time that it's so terrible, and we're doing a good job.
4: Ride and conquer.
0: Affordableenergy.ca is Dan's website if you want to learn more. Watch those gas prices forecasted within a couple of days to be astronomically high. Again, Dan McTagg, thank you very much, sir.
4: My pleasure. Great to be here once again, Shane.
1: This is the Shift Podcast.
0: Technological Technological world and Blaine Kylo is solocore.com. S O L O C O R P S dot com. Blaine Kylo, how are you, sir? I'm well. I'm
5: finding time to do all the things that need to be done. And I'll tell you, the ports can be as jammed up as they want. Most of your games you can get digitally these days, you can have them in an instant. Perfect.
0: Let's get started then, because that's what we're getting into with uh, the uh, the technological world with Blaine Kylo. Uh, let's start the conversation around the gamings and all of that uh, video game geekery. Uh, where do you want to go to get started here? you want to get into this uh, clip first, audio first? What do you want to do?
5: Yeah, I think we need to start with Far Cry 6, which is the first of the real big releases of the fall. Let's listen to the clip.
3: A revolution is not won by the fearless.
0: It's won by the feared. Welcome to Libertad, Danny. I have a vision. To rebuild paradise. A cure. Viviro. The most effective treatment for cancer the world has ever seen. Grown within our precious tobacco. But our paradise comes at a cost. This our enemies will never understand. Out. Now. Your safety zone. All right. Well, Ooh. that sounds fun. What else about yeah. it? Yeah. Well, this is Far Cry
5: 6. This comes from Ubisoft Toronto with help from some of the other Ubisoft studios. The Far Cry games are open world experiences in which you play some kind of a protagonist that's usually going up against some kind of a central antagonist who is powerful and controlling and maybe insane. Um, And in this game, the... Protagonist is Dictator Anton Castillo, played by Giancarlo Esposito, um, who some people might know from Breaking Bad. And wow, is he ever a good villain here? Um, the game is like the other Far Cry games before it. it you play, um, you take on a whole bunch of different missions. You're roaming around different environments. In this case, though, you play as Danny. Rojas, and you're a revolutionary. You're caught up in this environment where Castillo is trying to um, stamp out this libertad revolutionary front, and you become a part of it. And so the game is really Danny becoming uh, part of the liberation of this country, Um, and along the way, uh, discovering that, you know, what seems to be really clear as a youngster as you get deeper into things, maybe things are a little more complicated than you at first thought.
0: Okay, so what kind of game is it for the people who don't game at all? Are we talking about we're uh, carrying a gun, we're walking around? It's my view. Are we, um, you know, doing a Tetris style? I mean, some of the, some of our people who are who are um, listening to this, Blaine Kylo, uh, like me. I mean, I'm clearly a video game expert, um, you know, because I know that those. Uh, those first-roll person playing games they're popular
5: yeah this is not a tetris game this is this is a first person shooter environment the open world means you can go anywhere you want to go you're doing lots oh. of shooting you're doing lots of exploding you've got lots of different ways to navigate through the environment um, but the, the world here, the, the world of Yara is loosely based on Cuba. The story is kind of loosely based on sort of South American Latino conflicts. Um, and, and so it's kind of grounded and rooted in, in that, those political battles and those cultural battles. Um, there is no actual role playing here uh in, in the traditional sense. You're not leveling up your character. You're not improving skills and abilities. What you do instead is you select the weapons and the gear that you want to use for the particular mission that you're going on. So instead of improving your character, you're making careful decisions about what gear you're gonna use depending on the situation that you're going into. And that's where there's some interesting um strategy that you're gonna come into play as you're trying to liberate
0: Yara. When do Mario and Luigi come into play?
5: Well, they actually come into play in the next game that I want to talk about, which is super smash Perfect. brothers alternate. I love it. Um, this is, this is a Nintendo switch exclusive super smash brothers. This is a fighting game. It's you against a whole bunch of friends, all picking your favorite characters and trying to bash each other to bits. Uh, it, it Since the game was released in 2018, um, they have continued to add new characters from all kinds of different franchises that you can battle as. So Steve and Alex from Minecraft are a part of Super Smash Brothers, Kazuya from Tekken, Banjo and Kazooie from the platformer games from... Um, from those games, Snake from Metal Gear, they're all part of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. The very last character to be introduced to the game was revealed just the other day, and it's Sora, who is the protagonist from the Kingdom Hearts games. Sora is the last fighter to be introduced to the Super Smash Bros. Ultimate world. The Kingdom Hearts games are interesting, actually, because... They blend together traditional Japanese role-playing game characters with characters from the Disney universe, and they make it work in these strange and interesting ways. So you've got Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Goofy, and Pixar characters all in the same environment as these Japanese anime characters in interesting storylines. That's where Sora comes from. Sora is the last final character for Nintendo Super Smash Bros. Ultimate.
0: That's kind of my style. I like those ones. Those are fun. I also get scared when I'm the other, the jump scare games when you're hiding around a corner and all of a sudden there's like a bad guy comes around the corner. I liked it better when you're getting chased by big mushrooms and stuff. I don't know. There's got to be games like that still, isn't there? There are. Um,
5: If you want to play something, it's a little sort of older school. There's Diablo 2 Resurrected, originally released in 2000, but remastered for the new consoles. Um, and this is a welcome diversion cause it is goth month after all. And this game doesn't have jump scares in the same way. Cause it's, it's, uh, an isometric game. So it's kind of top down, but from the side. And so there's not going to be any jump scares in this. that can sneak up on you, but it's, uh, it's difficult enough. Uh, the further you go in Diablo two resurrected, the more difficult those demons get. Uh, and your job of course is to try and eradicate them.
0: Okay, so goth diversion during goth month. Uh, help me understand Diablo two, please.
5: Well, it, you're it's 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 not quite a top down. So you're controlling a character. So you could have an Amazon or an assassin, a necromancer or a sorceress. It's a dungeon crawler game, and so you explore a map, you kill the evil creatures, and take all of the loot. Um, and then move on through that map. And so when I say isometric, it's not top down, but it's top down, slightly tilted to the side. So it's kind of a side view, But your character is a tiny little thing on the screen and the enemies are smaller. This is a game that was originally released in 2000. So it's not, you know, it's it's a 20-year-old game. Really what it's good for is it's fun to play with friends. You can play online with friends. And it's a perfect appetizer, actually, because we're all waiting for Diablo 4. And we don't know when Diablo 4 is coming out. But while we're waiting... Diablo two is the perfect dungeon crawler to sort of
0: whet your appetite. Cool. Okay. That sounds fun. All right. Blaine Kylo it's solo S O L O C O R P S S O L O C O R P S.com. Now, not only is it video gaming, we can get into some technology of things. How about one technology thing that we're going to talk about very quickly here when we come back from break Blaine Kylo, Which one do you think is the one that has the Kylo household most excited? Oh,
5: that would be the six new Surface devices that Microsoft announced.
0: All right. It's like uh, the tablets. Are they like tablets?
5: No, these these are laptops. There is tablets, but the Surface is Microsoft's entire line. So you've got like laptop computers, but you've also got the Surface Duo 2, which is Microsoft's mobile device.
0: All right. Thank you for the clarification. I did watch a fantastic TikTok video of a guy in the electronics store, and he picks up one of those reversible laptops that folds into a tablet. He folds it in half, and he's like, oh, this is amazing. And the guy picks up the one next to him, and he folds it in half, but it's not a foldable laptop. And he breaks it into two pieces. Worth the watch on TikTok. I love it. Blaine Kylo, Solocore.com, talking about technology, vaccine passports has been on everybody's table for conversation. Are they good? Are they bad? Do they work? Do they not work? Well, one thing that has been very clear is it seems to be one of those things that maybe the medical and government folks should take care of, even though in Alberta they've got the pass, the QR code, but they don't have an app to scan it with. Port pass, Blaine Kylo, has had some trouble.
5: Yeah, this is a private company that uh, is based in Calgary. In um, June, they had the idea that they were going to be able to provide a way for people to show their vaccination status. Um, Last week, um, it was revealed that, in fact, people could access the private information of others, Um, some reporting uh, done that actually had reporters um, finding driver's licenses and passports and images of even a Nexus card that people had used in creating a profile on PortPass. As of this afternoon, and in fact, not even this afternoon, just before we went on air, I checked, and PortPass, the website, is still showing We're updating our service, and the web-based app is actually completely offline. So this service is not active right now, Um, but they said that they had more than 600,000 people across Canada had registered for the service. The question I think that people might have if they signed up for that service is, how can they delete their accounts and maybe get rid of all the personal information that they might have in that system, given that they, this whole system has gone offline? Um, the, the big concern here is that companies, it, it's really easy to develop apps, but if you're developing an app without the security and privacy of people who will be using that service at the forefront, um, you're going to have problems. And so uh, it. I don't know what's going to happen here. It's been over a week now since this has all come out, and I haven't seen any other information come through. But if anybody had a PortPass um, account, uh, I'd be trying to get in touch with that company to find out what they're doing to protect your information and how maybe you can cancel that account.
0: All right. Um, Wendy's... Phones. I don't understand. Is like, it like a burger Like phone? Wendy's.
5: Like Wendy's. It
0: kind oh. of is. So the fast food
5: chain has released a new mobile app and to celebrate, they're giving away 20 Wendy's phones. These are actually Android handsets that are red, of course, just like Wendy's hair. Um, and so the whole operating system has been tweaked to reflect the restaurant's brand And not only do the Wendy's phones come preloaded with the mobile app that you can use to order food at your local Wendy's restaurant, but you also get Wendy as a digital assistant. So you can talk to Wendy and ask her about menu choices or how to get places the same way that you'd use any other digital assistant. You can have Wendy be your assistant now. You can win one of the 20 handsets available. There's a Twitter contest they've uh, created. You've got until October 17th to enter.
0: Doesn't that not seem like an awful lot of work for 20 phones?
5: Well, for Wendy's?
0: Yeah, for them to like create a, a virtual assistant just for 20 people.
5: Yeah, well, w- w- yeah, I suspect that it's something that they could roll out in other ways. And I also suspect that it might be something that is already built and they just kind of, well, in, in the world of games, you can have the same character play 30 different characters. You just put a different skin on it. I suspect that Wendy, the digital assistant in the phone, is a reskin digital assistant that's right. been developed for other purposes.
0: It's still kind of cool. It's a nice looking phone. It's kind of fancy. It's very uh, red. If you, if you, it's very red. If you don't mind a a a logoed phone on the back, like Wendy's logo on the back of your phone, it's still a free phone. So, and there's only twenty right.
5: of them. You could be
0: one of twenty. One of twenty, and then you could sell it on the shoe exchange website, StockX, or something like that, and you know, throw in a pair of Yeezy Crocs and. Brian, how much are Yeezy Crocs worth nowadays on those services? The cheapest pair is 200 bucks. So you could probably sell it with a pair of Yeezy Crocs and get a solid 150 bucks for it.
5: <laughs> well, I've got to be honest, if I'm if I'm excited about a mobile device, it it really is the Surface Duo 2 that has been announced from Microsoft. This is um, it's, it's like the other folding phones that are out there, but the surface duo two actually is more tablet-like than the others. It's got a really ingenious hinge design. Um, it, it has support for 5g connectivity. I think it's the most interesting folding handset out there. Um, no date yet for release in Canada, uh, Microsoft Canada, is just listing it as coming soon, but it's also 1900 bucks, which is not completely ridiculous given that some of the other premium handsets are um, at least that amount. So I'm looking forward to maybe having a chance to play around with the Surface Duo 2. So
0: of all of these devices, you know, are they, are they that different that makes you be amazed? I mean, I'm an Apple user, so I'm not familiar with the surfaces at all. I got to tell you that it's been a long time since I've truly been amazed by a laptop. I mean, are laptops any
5: better, really? Well, I really like the new Surfaces, actually. The Surface Laptop Studio really was built with creatives in mind. And the way the, um, the screen is hinged to the laptop itself, you can actually set it up so that it's almost like uh, on an easel. For if so, if you're drawing, it's almost like an easel presentation. You can also flip it so that it can be used as a tablet, or you can use it like a traditional laptop. It's got a very interesting screen display, um, and something that's true of both the Surface Laptop Studio and the Surface Pro 8, which is the sort of premium laptop. That has been released or announced by Microsoft is they have uh, a little area on the bottom of the laptop where you can charge and store the Slim Pen 2, which is Microsoft's stylus. And so you can actually charge the thing right on the laptop. There's a little hiding place for it. Yeah, they're very cool devices.
0: Yeah, like uh, BMW car keys can recharge that way, too. That's a great idea. All right, Blaine Kylo, solocore.com, not car, uh, to check it out. Thanks very much for being here, buddy. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you in a week. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show, and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.